Yes. Amen. 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 Check, check. All right. All right. Hi, hi, hi. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church. It's time to get excited. Oh, man. I feel like the bell just rang and I'm coming out the corner. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right, all right, let's get settled in. Let's get settled in. It's nice and it's getting warm. We're good. It's not time to take a nap. If you need to stand up, you can stand up. If you need to lean in, you can lean in. If you need to sit on the edge of your seat, sit on the edge of your seat. Do whatever you can to stay connected right now. Amen? Here's the quote. Here's the quote. One of the great truths of Scripture is that when God looks at us, He doesn't see us for what we are, but for what we can become as He works in and through us. When God sees you, He doesn't see you as who you are, but who you can become as He works in and through. Some of you got new names you don't even know yet. Father, I just ask right now that you would arrest us. That you would take hold of us today. That you would capture us, surround us, allow us to continue to feel your presence. Not because of a song, not because of a worship team, not because of a preacher or a teacher or or, uh, because of eloquence or, or fancy words. But because you, God, you're with us. Hold us today. Capture us. Listen, our our attitude toward our relationship with God will determine our health and our wholeness as a child of God. Oh, y'all were distracted. Our attitude toward our relationship with God will determine our health and our wholeness as a child of God. I get, I get super reflective this time of year. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I just counted the other day and I realized we have seven more Sundays left for the year. And that makes me think, what have we done this year? What have we accomplished? What, what has God done among us? What are we believing him for? What have we seen him do? Where are we today? Where are we today from this, from, from, where are we from last year at this point? Anybody else think like that? See, I, I, I love that we get the opportunities that we have. I love that we have the stories that we have, that we can experience the things that we've experienced, man. I was thinking the other day, somebody was asking me about the, the church building, and, and I remember we started a series called The Taking of 1469. 
That's why we kept asking the owner for this building, and he kept saying no. And we said, the taking of 1469. And we kept knocking down walls and building things and said, this is ours, 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 until it was ours. I love that we have those stories that we can share, those <coughs> experiences that we get. Last, last week we, had a, we, we were blessed to have somebody come that doesn't even know us and just speak life into us and speak prophetically words into us. The, the young adults went away on a retreat and every single one of them had prophetic words spoken into their lives. Amen. I love that we have ministers and, and leaders here that are gifted and led by God and to hear and, and, and to get words from God and to encourage us. Amen. I'm super grateful and honored that God has allowed me to stand here before you. This is sermon 408. Listen, I want you to understand what that means because I don't go online and download sermons from some internet site. I don't have professional writers writing things for me like some people do. I, I have to struggle. And so, so this means that over 400 times God has been faithful to me and God has been faithful to us to give us what we need to speak into our hearts to encourage us, to, to strengthen us. Amen. Listen, when I, one of my biggest fears when God called me to do this, he, and he told me right from the start, if you open your mouth, I'll give you the words to say. And he always has. He always has. Even when I, when I first stepped out into youth ministry, I remember one night I was feeling overwhelmed. I, I stepped into this, this group of teenagers, that, and, and I had no training, I had no background, I had nobody to follow, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was by myself, I felt like. I was, I was just like, I, I, you know, and I was overwhelmed, and I was murmuring to God. I was complaining. I remember this night like it was last week, and I was talking to God under my breath. You know when you, when, when you anybody? And I was complaining to God, and I, and, and I was telling God, I said, you know, God, you call people to do incredible things. And, and I said, but I had heard some testimonies, and, 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 you know, all these people have these, these, these scripture verses that you give them. And, and they say, well, you know, when God called me, he gave me this verse, and, and I've been standing on this verse for 116 years. And, and I said, but God, you never gave me one of those things. How come you never gave me a, a verse? I was complaining, all this in my head complaining all this in my heart murmuring I said how come you didn't give me one I said maybe you didn't even call me to this maybe I just stepped into something I'm not supposed to be in maybe and I was I said maybe you don't even know my name anybody been there I said maybe you don't I was getting hot in here I said maybe you don't even know my name that very night January 17, 1993. I know it because I write dates in my, you know, when we used to use Bibles. January 17, 1993. One of the elders of the church, Frank Figueroa, pulled me aside before you. I was just complaining. I said, God, you don't even know my name. How come you didn't give me one of those? And, and, and he, he pulls me up. He pulls me aside before, I think it was after youth group or before, and he says to me, God told me you needed a verse to stand on. And so I have one for you. And, 
And he tells me, look, it gets better. He tells me, here it is. It's Isaiah 40. He, he was strong about it. He said, it's Isaiah 43, 1. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You ever have when, when God gives you a Toma moment? That was 25 years ago. He's brought me through some waters. He's brought me through some flames. He's brought me through a lot of fire, mostly for my own good. And so every year around this time, I have to reflect back of, you know, what we've been given and what God has done. And here's what I ask myself and what I'd like to ask you today. What have you done with what you have? I would cry too. Where have we gone with what we've been given? How do we walk today based on what we know? Okay, so you haven't been here all 408 messages, but what if, what if you were here for 100? What have you done with the 100 messages you received? Doesn't that sound like too much? When some people in the world aren't getting one, What has changed? How do we act? How do we react? See, when we read through the Bible and the history of God's people, the children of God as a whole historically waste their best years going through cycles. So much that those that don't stand out. You and I were called to stand out. If, 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 listen, I don't know if that's a strategy of the enemy, probably, or, or if it's just too often we do it ourselves. But we waste our best years going through cycles. Here's the cycle. Rebellion. <laughs> Repentance. Restoration. Rebellion. Repentance. Restoration. Young people, please, listen, 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 listen. Listen to me a minute. Teenagers, please listen. This starts really young for some of us. Please, if you're here, listen. If you're with me, just hear me out for just two more minutes. Because, listen, if you grow up in church, sometimes we take it for granted. I want to do what my friends are doing. I don't want to do what the church, the people in church, they, they just want me to, 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 they don't want me to have any fun. My mother don't want me to have any fun. The youth leaders, they, they don't want me to listen to any good music. The, these people, they just want me to stop me from, I want to do what my friends are doing. Rebellion. And then, listen, if you don't see it now, you're, you're going to see it later. It, it, you go too far. Young people, please listen. 30 more seconds. You go too far. You thought you were in control. I'm, I'm not going to let none of my friends tell me what to do, but I'm just going to do the little things that I want to do. I'm just going to go as far as I want to go. But sin will always cost you more than you wanted to pay and take you farther than you wanted to go. And so you get to the point where then you're broke and you realize, I'm hurt, man. I'm hurt. I hurt my parents. I hurt the church. I hurt God. And so repentance. I'm sorry. 
and God forgives you, and, and maybe your parents forgive you, hopefully. And, and now you have to start to build trust again because you broke it. You don't get that trust back right away. You broke it. And so you start to build it again. And, and hopefully, if you continue in that building, there's restoration. Okay, you can have your cell phone back. Okay, you can have the internet password again. But I'll take, i pay for it. I'll take it away again. Understand, this is my phone, my phone. All right, anyway, sorry. And so there's restoration. See, we, we serve such a good God. He forgives us. He restores us. We're, we're back in his wings. We're back under the shadow of the Almighty until we're not again. Until something happens. Come on, this isn't just for young people. You guys can go back to sleep. This is just you. This is all of us. So, some, someone gets sick. We lose the loved one. We wait, we, we wait for something too long. Come on, anybody been waiting too long for something? God doesn't do what we want to do when, he, when we want him to do it because he's our little blue genie. And so, and so we do it ourselves. We say, I'll handle it myself. I'll do it on my own. I'll do it my way. Rebellion. And then it costs us too much. And then it hurts us too much. And we see the error. Re- repentance. And we come back and God starts to trust us again. And God will show us his love again. Restoration. Somehow we don't even see it happening. We get caught in these cycles and before you know it, years later you're in the same place and you don't know why. Some of us should be miles ahead but we haven't even left the block. I'm not mad. Just in case you're visiting, I'm not angry. And I'm not like overdose on Red Bull or nothing. I, I'm good. I'm just, I, 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 I want you to get this. Amen. I love you. I want to talk to you for the next two weeks about cycles. I want to talk about these cycles in a message titled, Lather, Rinse, Repeat. Lather, Rinse, Repeat. Repeat. If we follow the directions on most shampoo bottles, we get stuck in a cycle of lathering, rinsing, and repeating until we go through the whole $23 bottle of shampoo. If you look up lather, rinse, repeat in the Urban Dictionary, it says to mindlessly repeat past patterns or behaviors without critical thought. See, I just got myself into all of your showers. Don't get creepy. Every time you wash your hair from this point on, I, I want to make you reflect. Am I doing, am I where I should be? Am I, am I walking how I should? Am I doing the right things? Am I stuck in the same cycles? Man, Pastor George is in my shower. Lather, rinse, repeat. See, this all comes because I've been reading the book of Judges for a while lately. Judges is 24 chapters, so we're not going to go through it all. I I just couldn't do that to you. It's 24 chapters covering about 350 years in the life of God's people. And it's a book of gruesome stories. 
I'll share some with you in these, these two weeks, but it's a series of repeated cycles in the history of God's people moving in a downward spiral. It's, it's God's people after they got to the promised land, after God fulfilled the promises to this generation that their ancestors have been waiting for. See, it basically highlights Israel's total failure to follow after God. Because of that, it's a lot like our lives. You could get self-righteous. You could say, not my life. You could be talking about you, not me. But the cycle basically went like this. Israel became like the Canaanites, like the world. And they sinned like God. They were like our teenagers. I just want to do what my friends are doing. I want to do what everybody else is doing. Rebellion. And so God allowed them to be conquered and oppressed by their enemies. And, and, and so and it's crazy because God said, I just want to be like my friends. And so God says, okay, now you're like your friends. Poof. For the next six years, you'll be slaves to them. Sin is a lot like that. So God will leave them there six to eight years in slavery to the ones that they wanted to be like. Until finally they get miserable. Listen, you will never be happy being who you were not called to be. Teenagers, if you could get that today, man, you'd be 46 years ahead of all of us. You'll never be happy not being who you were called to be. I just want to have a little fun. I just want to get high. I just want to get a little this. I just want to get a little loose. I just want to get lit. Get a little, just a little. I just want to get a little, little, little bit. You'll never be happy being who, who you weren't called to be. It'll never satisfy. It'll never satisfy. You can sleep with every woman in your class. All right, stop. And so they would see the error of their ways and they would cry out to God, Oh God, are we tired of being slaves? I'm tired of being slaves to this sin. I'm tired of being miserable. I'm tired of being controlled by something. They repent. And so then God would raise up or cry out to God and God would raise up a judge who would defeat the enemy and bring about an era of peace. Restoration. So there'd be five or six years of peace, rebellion, repentance, restoration. But eventually Israel would sin again and it would start all over. See, Judges is one of the most disturbing and violent books of the Bible. And I'm going to encourage you to read it before the end of this year. Start this week and and, and give yourself, I'm only, I want to finish it before this, this year's over. Amen? It's, let me give you an idea. It's like Empire meets Game of Thrones with a bunch of the craziest housewives, with some of the angriest little people, with all the pastors from Greenleaf thrown in. That's the book of Judges. Are you excited? Some of you are like, it's on Netflix? <laughs> it's that kind of mess. The book of Judges is labeled tragic literature. 
So suffice it to say, this is not a story of role models. See, we, we make that mistake. We, we read the Bible looking for role models. That's why you can look at children's books and you'll find the story of Samson, who was one of the judges. Samson is not a role model, but in the kids' books, he's this big, strong guy that defeats. He was one of the worst judges. But we look for role models. This is not a book of moral examples. There are no real heroes in the book of Judges. There are some notable moments, some people that God uses, yes. Even the judges that God uses, they go from good to okay to bad to, I don't even think this guy knows God. That bad. But it's a tragic telling of how God's children can waste our lives and have them count for nothing when we've been giving everything we need for life and godliness. We are the chosen of God, the set apart of God, the objects of his love and his life, a royal priesthood. I want to speak to people today that are tired of wasting their years and the consequences of their cycles. Are you with me? I'm almost ready to start. <laughs> See, the, the more time you waste in cycles, the less time you have to not only set things right for yourselves and for your family, but the less time you have to set things in motion that will leave a legacy for others to walk in. See, we're not called to make it for ourselves. If you're still stuck there, you've been lied to. You're in a cycle of pride and self. This, this word is not about you. God, Christ didn't die so that you can be happy. People are like, that's a revelation. <laughs> oh my God. I got to find a different religion. If you think Christ died to, so that you can be happy, no, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Works you should be walking in, Ephesians 3.20. You've been reconciled to God and given the ministry and the message of reconciliation to bring forth 2 Corinthians 5.18. This walk is bigger than you. Please say Amen. See, when I hit 50 at the start of this year, I, I began to understand, man, my days are numbered. That was a big one for me. My days are numbered. What do you mean 50? I don't, I don't even want to have a party. 50? That, that's like a, you, you understand? That's like a, whoa, <laughs> whoa. I started here. I'm here already? It like ends here, and I'm here already? Our days are numbered. Am I in the same place that I was spiritually 10 years ago? Or am I still holding on to the same grudges I had back then? Come on, church. Am, am I still holding on to the same unforgiveness I had 10 years ago? I might not even be, understand why I was mad at that person. Am I holding on to the same patterns in, in my relationships? Am I still throwing tantrums at God at my age? Am I still throwing tantrums at church? Am I still throwing tantrums with God's people? Do I still doubt God in areas that he's already been faithful in? Come on! As Pastor G would say, grow up already. 
in a nutshell, when the people of God stopped being faithful to God, who rescued and redeemed them, the book of Judges is what happens. I know you guys are so excited to start reading it, amen? See, when, when we stop being faithful, not just to the prophetic words we've been given, not just to the popular lyrics and some worship songs that we sing, but when we stop being faithful to the word that God has already given us to walk in, the book of Judges gives us a good picture of how much time we waste, how low we can get, and how far we can go from what God has for us. And it's important to look at these things and to read books like this because if we don't learn from our history, what? We're doomed to repeat it. What we find out about men in the book of Judges is depressing. Depressing as all heck. What we find out about God in Judges is wonderful. On the human side, it's a story of disobedience and disaster. On the divine side, it's a story of grace, mercy, Continued direction and continued deliverance. Amen? Okay, let me just set it up for today. I just want to give you the background. So that you can read it on your own and, and you won't be too lost this week. Because uh, it, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. But I'm gonna, let me kind of set it up for you. Amen? So that you can start to read it and next week we'll get into it. Today we won't even touch it. But I want to give you the scenario. Here's where we are. Before we, you open that book to read it, here's where we are. Moses has, you remember the Prince of Egypt cartoon, right? Moses has led God's people out of slavery, right? Let my people go, Prince of Egypt. So, and, and, and so because of disobedience and grumbling, it's taken 40 years to take an 11-day journey. Because they wouldn't put their trust in God and do what he said. There's a message there for somebody today. You can limit your time in the wilderness if you just trusted God. Listen, listen, you can shorten your suffering if you would just do what he says. That's all somebody needed today. Go home. You can't eat no more. You're full. So, so, So here's what happens. The older generation who was grumbling and complaining and kicking and screaming the whole way, they had to die off because before God allows them to reach the promised land because God doesn't want old attitudes to come into the new promise. God won't give old men new wine. So, so when you read that story, you, you even feel bad for, for Moses because even after all he did for those people, he too was disqualified to enter into the promised land because in a moment of anger and frustration, he misrepresented the heart of God. And he took credit for the provisions of God. That's a strong message for our leaders today. If you want to walk in his grace and his promises, we have to remember to do what he says, the way he says, when he says. Because there's only one Savior and it's not you. Okay. So Moses dies. After Moses dies, God calls Joshua. 
Here's Joshua 1. Joshua is the book right before Judges. We're, we're getting there. So Joshua 1, it starts like this. After Moses, the Lord's servant, died, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Get ready. Cross the Jordan River. Lead these people into the land which I am ready to hand over to them. I am handing over to you every place you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert in the south to Lebanon in the north. It will extend all the way to the great river Euphrates in the east, including all of Syria, and all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. It's a big land, amen? God said, I'm giving you a lot of land. It's going to go from north to south to east. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not abandon you or leave you alone. Be strong and courageous. You must lead these people in the conquest of this land that I solemnly promised their ancestors I would hand over to them. So, so, so stay, stay with me. I'm taking you to Judges, but I need to, 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 to you to see how we got there. Amen? So God has promised this incredible land to this people's ancestors. Are you with me? So the people that God promised something to never stepped into the land. That's a tough pill to swallow. For some people, God's promises, the answers to some of the prayers that God has put in you to pray, you won't always walk into. Gee, depress us some more, Pastor. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to teach you something, amen? But, so you won't always walk into the things that you're praying and asking God for, but you've laid your service and your prayers and your covering down so that your family might taste of the goodness and the mercy of God. It's not about you. Some of the things you do are for them. <clears throat> See, God's, this is crazy. God's timetable is out of our range of comprehension. It's out of a, look, this is your life, right? I, I was born, I'm 50, I am no more. This is your range, this is your, your, this is all I know. This is my range, right? This is my whole, my whole range of comprehension. This I understand. I understand there's a little bit of time before me. You know, my parents met, whatever, Cuba, Puerto Rico got together, Cuba Rican. Okay, and, and I understand there's going to be some time after me, right? But this is my range of comprehension. This is God's range of comprehension. Starts nine buildings that way, and, and it extends 19 buildings that way. And, and this is what we understand. And so he works here to make something happen here. Come on, receive this. He works here. He does something here. This is thousands of years before your range of comprehension. He'll do something here to affect something here. Because he's that big. I just want to blow your mind with the bigness of God. He does something here to make some... Okay, Romans 8.28 says, To those that love God, He works all things for our good. So there are some tragedies in our lives that we might never understand. 
Because in our range of comprehension, there's somebody else's range of comprehension and somebody else's range. And so sometimes there'll be tragedies in our lives that we might never understand. There's some things that'll stop us or change us, and we have no idea why. Some of the things that we stopped trusting God about or serving God because of were things that were done for our good or for His glory. This is hard, I know. But let me show you how crazy this is. God is so much bigger than us. Look, God has promised this land to his people, right? And he promised them that it would be a land overflowing with goodness, a land prepared to provide for them. He, he, this land is going to be amazing. It's going to be so big. It's going to be so large. It's going to have everything you could ever need or want or desire. This, this was a picture of Eve. It, it's, this land is going to have everything, right? It's going to be great. It's the promised land. And so, but he says, you're going to have to go in there, though, and take possession of it. So that means you're going to have to go in. I've given it to you. I'm going to go with you. But you're going to have to go in and take it. Wait, so what does that mean? That means right now it belongs to somebody else. Wait, so we can read these stories and say, well, why is the land inhabited with the enemies of God? Why is this land overflowing with God's enemies? Well, why couldn't the promised land have been empty of all enemies? Why couldn't they just get there after all this traveling, after all this waiting, after all this this promise, after all this prayer? Why couldn't they just get there and the land be empty? Why is God telling Joshua, be strong and courageous and bring them into the land and take possession of it? Here's a possible explanation. Think about this. If the land had been uninhabited and free of all enemies, meaning there were no people there, then the land would not have been prepared for them. There wouldn't have been towns and cities built, farms and crops already flowing. It would have been a barren land. And a barren land wasn't the promise of God. He said, I'm going to give you a land overflowing with milk and honey, a land that, that has everything. So if the enemy hadn't occupied it, he, he couldn't have been prepared for God's people. God uses the wicked to prepare things for the righteous. Come on, I just want to sit down on that one. So often we we complain or we turn our back because God doesn't answer us the way we thought or or something isn't what we thought it was going to be because we don't see what God sees. He's prepared it for our use. Because we don't see it, we turn back from our promise, rebellion, and we send ourselves into those cycles. Come on. So these people, the enemy has occupied this land. This is the land of Canaan. So the Canaanite, who were these Canaanites? These people that inhabited the land. I don't have time to get into the whole history of who they are, but they came from Ham, the son of Noah, and they were cursed because of the sins of their father. So these were accursed people. They were God's enemies. And God, you... So that means God prepared something hundreds of years before. He prepared it over here so that the people here would have what they need. Come on, say amen. There's some things that happen in your life that make no sense at all. Anybody? 
But if we trust God, if we trust that he's working things out for our favor, it's going to work for our good or for his glory. Somebody, somebody say amen. I think I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, yeah, it's getting, I'm going to pull back here. Worship team, you guys can come. Let me, let me tell you about these, these, these Canaanites a little bit. These Canaanites, they were a wicked and idolatrous people. They were strong and their cities were large and and they were fortified. The only way that God's people would be able to defeat enemies like that would be by trusting in him. See, that's the kind of battles that God likes. Those are the kind of battles that God puts us in all the time. Anybody with me? Those are the kind of struggles that God drops on us all the time. Battles that we have to trust him to win. Struggles that we have to trust him to overcome. Enemies that we have to trust him to defeat. He wouldn't tell Joshua, be strong and courageous if he was going in to steal cookies from Girl Scouts. See, I get tired of hearing whiny Christians always saying, God won't give us more than we can handle. That's not what the word says. That's not what that verse means. He will give you more than you can handle. He does it all the time. Accept that already. But like he promised Joshua, he says, I will be with you. I will go before you. Psalm 139 says, I go before you, and I go behind you, and I got my hand on you. I go before you, and behind you, and my hand on you. How much? What else do you need? I go before you, and behind you, and I have my hand on you. My God. I go before you, and behind you, and I have my hand on you. So Joshua led the people across the Jordan and into the land to inhabit it and to live in it and to be blessed in it. The, the first battle that he fought was the battle at Jericho. If you guys heard that story, Jericho's a fortified city with a fortified land. God told him, go around, walk around that building one time every day for seven days. And then on the seventh day, walk around that joint seven times and then shout. And so they walked around it seven times. They shouted and the fortified city came down. And they rushed in and invaded the land and took the city. Joshua 21, 43, we're we're almost there. So the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and they settled there. Verse 45, not one of all the Lord's promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Now understand, they, this is just one city. This was just a couple of places. Joshua led them on more battles, but they still have a lot of land to take and a lot of enemies to conquer. Joshua leads them in many more victories, crazy battles. And, and, and we'll read through the book of Joshua. When you read, you see that every time they did what God told them to do, they won. And whenever they didn't do what God told them to do, they lost. And they got set back. And then they made it right with God, and then they won. 
and they took, whenever you do what God told you to do, things will go well. I go before you and behind you, and my hand is on you. But, but, but there will soon come a time when Joshua is no longer there to lead them. So Moses led them from here to here. Joshua led them from here to here. At this point, the, God has, has instructed Joshua to, to form these tribes, these 12 tribes. And, and each tribe had a leader, and there were leaders. And God was preparing them to understand how to lead themselves and how to be led by God and not by just one man. And so there would soon come a time when Joshua is no longer there to lead them. Now we're in the book of Judges. See, there will always come a time when we have to stand up on our own. With no leaders around, with no worship team around, in a land full of enemies. Oh, church, see, see yourself in this picture. There will always come a time where we'll have to stand on our own with no leader around, with no pastor, no pastor's wife, no pastor's cousin, pastor's kid, pastor's, no, with no, no deacons, no, no, no assistants, no help. There's going to come a time where we have to stand on our own in a land full of enemies and decide whether we're going to do what we know God wants us to do or whether we're going to do what's right in our own eyes. That's a phrase that you'll find in Judges a lot. And the people did what was right in their own eyes. I want to call you today to stand. No, really, stand. But listen, but listen, you were right the first time. Not just stand here. Not just stand here before us, but stand where nobody's watching. Stand on his promises for you, even if this is your first time here. Listen, if you haven't even decided to follow God, know that he decided before the beginning of time, before you could do enough bad to disqualify you or enough good to qualify you, he chose you as the object of his love. And so I call you to stand in it today and receive it today. Church, it's time for some of us to stand up and stop trying to fit in. I understand more and more now why God never allowed me to fit in growing up. I'll tell you some of those stories next week. But stop trying to fit in. Stand and stop the cycles. Amen? Let's worship God. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 We brought a new song today. Let's sing that again. God of the promise. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Come on now, sing this. Declare these words. Understand it.
declare this together. You are the God of the promises. The gates of hell say, the gates of hell will never stand the chance. Your It just says, light of the world, it tramples the darkness. Nothing can stop it. You are the God of the promise. Every word will, not maybe, but will be accomplished. Nothing can stop it. No person, no negative word, no issue that was had in the past, no trouble that was in the past, nothing can stop it. If God already started something over here, Pastor, that means He already made provision for it to be fulfilled right here. So don't let nobody tell you why you're still holding on to that promise. Because you don't understand the God of the promise that I, I know. I serve a God of the promise. And I've seen God personally fulfill promises in my life. And maybe one day I'll share some of those promises. But this here, what we do here today, you standing here, maybe it's your first time. But this was a promise that God made to somebody a long time ago that prayed for you over here knowing that God would bring you to this place and you would meet him right here. So we want to thank God for the promise that you are. We want to say welcome to the Sanctuary Fellowship. Welcome to God's family. Welcome to your destiny and the rest of your life. Somebody bless the Lord in here today. Father, we thank you, Lord, 
You are awesome in everything you do. You are sovereign in all your ways, Lord. And even though we don't understand it, we know you work things out for our good, for your glory, Lord. You have blessed us. Why has he blessed us? To be a blessing. So go out there and be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.